Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Uh, this is the C.L. Bryant Show on a day where we are have seen in a week where we have seen the passing and the of the guard, uh, the changing of the guard, the passing of the torch uh, to the one standing next in line. Yes, in fact, the last um, few months, we have witnessed this. The uh, Elijah Cummings has passed away. John Lewis uh, has passed away. And now uh, my very good friend, I knew all of these men uh, and know, know Herman even better than in the other two. Um, Herman Cain in this week has... And this past week has gone on to be with the Lord. And today, America, I really do want to speak to us about what's necessary in, in unifying our, our nation, our country. If there's anything that we must take away from these men and their deaths, their lives in particular, is yes, they were on different sides of the aisle as far as political philosophies are concerned. But the strange thing is, conservatives or liberals in the classical sense of either word, they wanted the same thing. It's bitterly opposed politically. As those three men were, as bitterly opposed as politically as I am to John Lewis's vision of how to proceed forward and Elijah Cummings' vision of how to proceed forward, as, as, as different as we are philosophically, the fact of the matter is, at our core we believe that America can offer the things that everyone truly wants, and that is to be left alone. Now, the Democrats, of course, uh, look at this in a way uh, of, of being left alone while big government is giving you money. Conservatives, on the other hand, and perhaps this is one of the biggest differences, just simply want to be left alone while we make our own money. <laughs> oh, we could talk about that, but 999 was the rallying cry for my good friend, uh, mentor, 
Herman Cain on his shoulders, along with Dr. Thomas Sowell and Ken Blackwell, those types of people, Walter Williams, those types of people. I stand on their shoulders. I stand on the shoulders of Elijah Cummings. I stand on the shoulders of John Lewis. All of those black men, regardless of what side of the aisle they come from, this is where the peace comes in. This is where we find our peace in understanding that we need one another. Perhaps God shows us this in these moments that regardless of our petty differences we call them political we call them all types of things we call them liberal we call them antifa we call them tea party we call them black lives matter we call them all types of things our various idiosyncrasies and our likes and dislikes but can healing finally come to america can we raise money to heal? Seems as though we constantly raise money to divide. Can we raise money to heal? The strange thing that's happening in America today, my friends, is this. There are people who don't want to see the nation prosper who don't want to see the nation whole again. Why? Because there is so much money in division. Oh, you know what? Um, I guess it will always be that way, though. And it just goes to prove that there's always someone who is able to take advantage of whatever frailty that may affect humanity, even the frailty of taking advantage of someone's frailty. Friends, um, loss is inevitable. There's no question about that. And in these past um, four or five months now, these past five months, the loss in my life personally has been just absolutely, um, yeah, it's just profound. It's just absolutely profound. My wife, gone. She was the wind beneath my wings. And then you start seeing the effects of a crisis other than your personal crisis, the effects of a crisis on people who, whether whether you've lost your wife, your your best friend, your child, or not, there there were people who truly were in worse shape because of this coronavirus thing than I was, and you began to count even in your loss your blessings and I got to tell you folks any any of you who might be sitting around uh, you know crying over why you and 
did this, why did this happen to happen to me? If, if you are, you know, one of those. I, I dare you to go and offer a hand to someone somewhere else. Go across the street, knock on that door and see if you can't uh, share their story. Let them tell you their story. I declare to you, uh, you'd be surprised at just how so many people are struggles, they struggle daily in quiet desperation. When we look at the passing of the guard, the changing of the guard, America at this point in time, my friends, are at that point in time where so many people in this nation, perhaps for the first time, since the Great Depression are truly overall finding themselves in a state of depression. And perhaps we are to blame for that. We'll talk about that later in the show as well, just how we may be to blame for our own stupidity. And how we seem to uh, be in a mode to perpetrate and continue this fraud that we're seeing played out here in America today. My friend and mentor, uh, Herman Cain, was with him just uh, about two months ago now, a month and a half, two months ago in Tulsa. Um, the picture of uh, he and I and uh, Stacy Washington, Deneen Borelli, um, Corinne Rankin, all of us there together. Off to our right is Terrence Williams and David Harris, and the pillow guy, my pillow. Yeah, Mike Lindell. He was not in the frame, but he was just off to the, the left of us. Uh, as far as I know, um, and I can speak for myself, first, uh, I, I personally, and I thank God for it, I personally am as healthy as a quarter horse. And you know, that's one of the most hearty us folks down here in the South and Southwest appreciate a fine quarter horse, stamina, endurance, um, second to none. I'm as healthy as a quarter horse. I'm claiming that in Jesus' name. Thank you. Uh, all of you who have touched base with me since the news of Herman's passing. I want you all to keep in mind that um, I thank God that I'm I'm not medicated on anything. Um, you know, Herman, on the other hand, that survived 
uh, colon cancer and stage four, you know, and he had underlying health issues, which speaks to this disease itself. And that is, um, if you are compromised, uh, but of course, uh, in, in that situation, uh, a person, a child with a bad cold or a person with a ba- with a flu go around, um, uh, Herman might take him, could have taken him out. But there's something strange about this virus that inflames the lungs. And um, even though I'm not a doctor, never have played one on stage or screen, uh, to my knowledge, I don't believe any, I had a role like that ever. Um it seems as though the death sentence is the ventilator. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I won't, if, if uh, God forbid, you know, I'm just telling you, and maybe, you know, I'm just telling you that uh, that would be the last thing that I would do. I just let my body fight what, what's necessary to fight on the antibiotics. I'll get plenty of sunshine, whatever. I just take sunbathe or whatever. But if I go out, I go out. But right now, at this very moment in time, and I'm still traveling around uh, as much as I, I can, I'm not going to live my life in fear. Uh, as I shared with you on, on several occasions, my dad's favorite saying, and I always thought it was so hokey and cornfield and so cane riverish, <laughs> that... <laughs> And I, you know, I didn't understand it until I got older in life. Daddy would always say, I'm going to live until I die. Yeah. It seemed, uh, (laughs) seemed, yeah, elementary to me, my dear Watson, my dear daddy. Seemed elementary to me. But no, there was a lot of deep thought in those words because living is much different than just having life. Yeah, there's people on ventilators. There's people, uh, you know, in comas, whatever. They have a life, but they're not living. Danny was talking about living. He says, I'm going to live until I die. And friends, right now, uh, there's this thing out there. There's no question about it. Seriously, there's this thing out there. It's called Corona-19, COVID-19. And it's taking folks out. But my attitude toward it, and, 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 and you can have any attitude that you want. Yes, I'm going to be a good citizen. I am going to uh, be respectful of my friends who have... Uh, elderly parents, wives who are, you know, having babies or uh, you must be that good citizen. Well, that's what being a good, a good citizen is all about. You respect the rights and of others by governing yourself. But friends, um, as far as, as, as staying hid and going underground and being a mole and all this type of thing, that's not living. And I am going to pray that the vaccine comes out soon. But if it doesn't, I am going to pray that 
God will strengthen my immune system that I may become resistant and immune to anything that might be out there. Whatever weapon that might be out there, I am asking God through his word that that weapon shall not be formed, that that weapon that may be formed against me shall not prosper. That's his word. Father, you said that. And in front of the whole world, in front of this radio audience, the whole world, I'm saying that that's what you said, that no weapon that would be formed against me shall prosper. And friends, I believe that. I am claiming that in Jesus' name. And I, I, I suggest, I can only use it, I can only use my faith for me. And I've had calls and uh, over since that uh, photo hit the airwaves uh, months ago, a couple of a month and a half ago, of uh, when Herm well, a month ago when Herman came down with that. Not long ago, well, it's been about two or three weeks. I just been bombarded with that, you know. And I thank you for it. I thank you for the concern uh, for me. But this is the thing: I don't. Uh, this is the thing there are so many people and you can go back you can go to my twitter feed uh, at rev cl bryant at rev r-e-v c-l bryant there were actually people tweeting me with this picture saying things like i hope you all get COVID 19 and die yeah it's I want to be a good citizen and we were all being good citizens there because we'd all been tested we none of us sitting there were COVID positive on that evening none of us we left there we put our mask on we went back to our hotels I think we got we we all got a, a bite to eat and we went back to our hotels and we got on our respective planes and flights home the next day. So between there, between that rally and Herman going home, he contracted COVID-19. I did not. And to my knowledge, no one else in that shot did. And the only thing that separates us from Herman is Herman's health history. So that should say something to all of us as far as the effects of this virus on those who have uh, um, compromised immune systems. Rest in peace, Herman Cain. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, coast to coast and border to border. I'll be back after these brief words. Don't you? go anywhere. Stay tuned.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities that- you can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. C.L. back with you on this great day in the USA. The mantle uh, of um, conservative thought in many ways in the black conservative movement uh, has now been passed to another generation of black fiscal conservatives. My good friend, uh, mentor, who I miss already, Herman Cain, has um, gone on to be with the Lord, and he was suffering, had suffered from um, COVID-19. Herman, of course, was um, indeed uh, dear, I mean, just dear to the to all of us who love this country, love the idea of fiscal conservatism, um, and what was that? What is that about? This is the time, all of us. This is the time where we should take lessons away from men like Elijah Cummins, men like John Lewis, and certainly men like Herman Cain. I opened the show saying that this is an opportunity for us to uh, look at how to unify. And, and I think there's a misunderstanding about the differences in philosophy of a Herman Cain and a John Lewis. Both black men from the same era. Herman was 74. John was about six years older than Herman. So John was, uh, you know, a, a little, a little bit more, clo- a little closer to the heat than Herman. And Herman, of course, a little closer to the heat than I was. But it, it, it patterns its it, its way down. But the difference in these men was simply found in their approach to money. Government money, your money, my money, our money. Uh, John Lewis was a, a fiscal liberal, which, you know, if that's the philosophy that you are embracing and you are, that you do embrace, fine. But you, you know what it leads to. It leads to deficit spending. Herman Cain, on the other hand, was a fiscal conservative, which means and meant that he 
believe that we should not spend more money than we earn. Frugal with our money so that we don't be in a debtor position. And by being a fiscal conservative, as Herman Cain was, you also create work by being frugal with the money. It means that you are now able to have capital in order to venture into business opportunities. And when you venture into those business opportunities, what happens is you find you need people to help you in this business opportunity and you all of a sudden find yourself able to pay them because you were frugal and you were conservative in the way you spent and used your money. You didn't go into debt. And friends, let me tell you, let me tell you, I know, I know. Debt is evil. Being in debt is evil. And America, Bernie Sanders could not in his wildest dreams, Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, if they were on the pipe together, could not have dreamed of spending this kind of money <laughs> that we are spending, about to spend now. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no. Ber Bernie and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they could not have dreamed of spending the kind of money that we are about to spend now on trying to keep America afloat during this coronavirus that has taken out my good friend, mentor, Herman Cain. He's taken him out. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, this a little bit later on, but related to this, Dr. Fauci is stepping up the hysteria by saying wear eye protection to block virus if you have it. <sighs> Dr. Anthony Fauci has said that um, Americans should use eye protection to help slow the spread of Corona virus. Out of just the blue, 
friends, and, and listen, let me tell you something. If you have been out and about and running around your community for these four months and you have not had protective eyewear on you may have worn the mask but you didn't have protective eyewear on and now you're being told that uh, hey you need to wear protective eyewear friends we are being listen I hate to think it especially in, 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 in the wake of losing my good friend, mentor, Herman Cain. Let me tell you something. What next? If you've been out there all this time without the eyewear on, I I mean, have you been infected or have you not been infected? If you have been infected, are you dropping dead from it? I mean, what's going on here? That, that's what I want to know. What is going on? Fauci is now telling everybody. Fauci's telling everybody. And, and this is why, you know, I, I understand what the president is saying. Who do you believe? I mean, listen, folks. Fauci's telling everybody now it may be good to wear eye protection. During an interview with ABC News, the director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases addressed whether people should cover their eyes in addition to their mouth and nose. You have mucosa in the nose, mucosa in the mouth, but you also have mucosa in the eye. Fauci said, theoretically, you should protect all the mucosa surfaces. So if you have goggles, or an eye shield, you should use it. My God, preserve us. Friends, I'm telling you, and I I, I hope I'm not wrong about this, but that's all I can do. And that my pastor uh, puts a, a definite definition, James A. McMenus, he puts a definite definition on what hope truly is. He just don't go around hoping. So when you hope for something, that is that is a part of your faith mechanism. So I'm truly hoping that what I am saying to you is true. Listen to me. I am not a doctor. I am not a scientist. And I know that this, this is going to be fought in the arena of, of, of medicine and science. I know that. That is ultimately where this battle is going to be fought for everybody in the country. But as for me, I'm sharing this with you. I know that there have been diseases and pandemics that have hit our world our earth since there has been mankind and i believe that there is a creator who did wonderfully and uniquely 
make my body. I am the one who is responsible for keeping it up so that it is operating to its maximum potential to ward off the natural things in nature that come at it. It's important that you stay healthy. It's important that you you uh, be healthy, reasonable health, and have reasonable strength. Don't let yourself fall into that situation. Now, if you do, pray that, uh, and, 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 and I truly hope that you are able, strong enough to fight off whatever it is. If you're not, then the prob the, 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 the fact of the matter is the strong survive. And that may sound callous, that may sound crass, and it may sound like someone who uh, feels comfortable in their own skin as far as their health is concerned. No, I'm as, I, I'm as cautious as anyone, even though I am healthy. I thank God for that. But I'm as cautious as anyone. And I, I, I'm, I'm trusting and I'm, I'm praying uh, that, that medical science soon comes to bear with uh, a vaccine for this. I'm not saying that I'll take it, <laughs> but at least it will calm, hopefully, the hysteria. Yeah, I, I, I hope soon medical science comes with a vaccine for this. Yeah, I'm sure if my uncle was alive, uh, he would not be worried about uh, getting, uh, he said, no, you know, you know, I come from, me, I told you this, I think I've told you guys this before, I come from a long line of alcoholics. <laughs> So, and so, um, he would just simply say, uh, I don't think anything can get me because I'm pickled. And he was, he's one of those functioning alcoholics. All, all my relatives were, you know, and I thank God that, you know, I didn't go down that path, uh, literally down that path. But us Bryants, we have a love for the taste of uh, the libation. But he was pickled. And I'd love to get the statistics on, on that. <laughs> on those who uh, drink um, regularly and those who don't. My uncle put that theory to a test. He says, did you ever see me with a cold? Uh, no, think about it. No, I never, never, I never do. <laughs> I see you with a bottle, uh, but I never see you with a cold. Well, there you go. <laughs> friends i think that we can overcome this we will overcome this and we'll go on we'll survive but the one thing that i certainly hope that we can uh stop doing is being hysterical and i know a new hysteria you're gonna it's gonna pop up in your stores wherever you are there are gonna be people i'm already seeing them with masks on that go from uh, you know, they're going to be like they're coming into a hazmat uh, condition. 
Yeah, there's going to be hazmat conditions. And hey, friends, don't lose your head. I understand that we're doing everything we can to keep our lives because, yes, this is a killer. But I keep but keep in mind that Herman was uh, compromised. His immune system was big time compromised. And um, the beauty of his life, though, Herman came out to Tulsa to um, help the president along with the rest of us reopen. We were really hoping that we could reopen America. That was that was what we had hoped. We had really hoped that we had could reopen America and we were there to help the president do it. And the beauty of it is that Herman knew the peril and he knew the dangers of what we were doing. And we did take every precaution. Everyone there had to be tested. I saw our friend John Roberts on uh, Fox earlier today. And yeah, John and I were, when we talked in the tent, uh, there in the COVID testing tent, um, you know, Herman was there and, you know, everybody was in there who was going to be, you know, in proximity to the president. Anyone who was going to be in proximity to the president, uh, you know, in his circle and, and, and around the president, um, had to be tested. And everyone that you see in that shot uh, was tested negative. And I've tested before, I've tested once or twice since then in this last couple of months, and I'm still negative. And, um, like I said, I, I just came back from D.C. I came back from North Carolina, uh, and I tested just a couple of days ago. I am negative. And so I'm, I'm healthy as a quarter horse. I um, thank God for that. I feel good. Uh, I, You know, I, I'm always grateful, though. I'm always grateful that God in his wisdom called Jane to come on home because she would have been absolutely uh, miserable in this uh, lockdown situation but you know I would I'd probably have to curtail even my my travels and the work that I do publicly uh, in order to keep her from being exposed to anything that I might bring back with me so uh, you know God is God is an awesome God wisdom is unsearchable I'm CL we'll be back with um, more of the CL Bryant show today friends we build the bridge to unity in our conversation we've lost three and you know it's strange the old folks would say death comes in threes we'll talk a little bit about that when I come back um, Elijah Cummings John Lewis and now my good friend Herman Cain Going on, be the Lord. I'm CL. Be right back. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back on this great day in the USA. I want to thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation here daily on the CL Bryant Show. As all of you probably know uh, by now throughout the Fruited Plains and even those of you around the world, uh, because Herman was an international figure, um, that uh, we have lost one of the great warriors of fiscal conservatism, 999. (laughs) Ah, CL, CL, 999. (laughs) Oh, um... He had uh, this very unique, unique approach um, to friends, and he was a beacon of light, and uh, we all were drawn to him. Um, Miss him already. Uh, So I most likely uh, make my way to Atlanta uh, to be there. at the um, the homegoing service, and so rest in peace, Herman Cain. The valor of Herman Cain and uh, Elijah Cummings and John Lewis. In the time that they grew up, and of course, all of these men are ten to twenty years older than me. Um, they experienced a brand of racism. Now let's talk about this because that's the word that, uh, especially you white males out there, uh, and, and anybody who, uh, who, who happens to have friends who are white males out there and, and, and may actually embrace conservatism no matter what your color is. That you're an Uncle Tom, or, or you know, you don't fit in, or whatever. If you don't embrace a certain philosophy, now I'm going all. I'm taking us back now in time, going back sixty years, because see, Herman would have been fourteen years old sixty years ago. Herman would have been a teenager sixty years ago. You know, in nineteen. 60. Herman was a teenager. And Elijah Cummings was a grown man, and so was John Lewis, a grown man. Now, I want you to think about this. At the time that Herman was 14 and John Lewis and uh, Elijah Cummings were in their 20s, 
there was probably not one bit of space between their political philosophies. Are you hearing me? If you go back 60 years and you were to look in on the lives of John Lewis, Elijah Cummings, Herman Cain, and yeah, four-year-old C.L. Bryant, Cleon Bryant. I was four-year-old then, 60 years ago, I'd be four years old. I'd be four years old. But Herman would be 14. And Elijah Cummings and John Lewis, they'd be in their 20s. There would be no, you could not put a, a slither of, of paper between us and our political ideologies and the ones that I was growing up in and around 60 years ago. There was no difference between Herman uh, Elijah and John Lewis. No, no difference between us 60 years ago. What happened? Uh, because Herman came through the civil rights struggle. I came through the civil rights struggle. My parents uh, certainly did. John Lewis, iconic in the civil rights struggle. Uh, Elijah Cummings, likewise. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. Uh, the heavy hand of big government welding its and, and, and wielding its authority during the days of affirmative action. There were some lines that were being drawn, even in the black community, among uh, black people. And there were uh, black people who were saying, like Dr. Thomas Sowell, like Herman Cain, like Walter Williams, uh, yeah, Ken, Ken Hamblin, you know, Dr. Thomas Sowell, I, I mentioned Thomas Sowell. Ken Blackwell, they were beginning to say, hey, listen, big government doesn't have to hold my hand while I do anything in this country. All they have to do, all big government has to do is not to give me anything, just get out of my way. And I'll get it myself. James Brown, yeah, the godfather, the godfather of soul. James Brown said the same thing. I don't want nobody to give me nothing. They just get out of my way and I'll get it myself. And the roots of that type of conservative thought permeated throughout the black community in the 1960s, Jim Brown, James Brown, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, Sam Cooke, 
They were experiencing prosperity in the entertainment industry. And of course, James Brown, James Brown, Jim Brown, the football player, and James Brown, the, the uh, singer, the entertainer, um, that was their philosophy. Malcolm X. That was a philosophy that permeated throughout the black community. Dr. King, who in fact is the face of this thought, his idea was contained in the content of character, not the color of skin. The strength of who King knew we could be was contained in his idea of content of character, putting that on the table. What do you bring to the table? That is what um, Dr. King wanted us to understand. Not, not He didn't want you to be judged by the color of your skin. Because there, I mean, if that's it, I mean, that's, that's the same thing that we've been fighting against. Being shut out because of the color of the skin, then it's just as evil to be accepted on basis of color. If you're shut out on those bases, and that's wrong, then to be let in because of that is also wrong. The idea is, what do I bring to the table with my character? What do I offer with my gifts of being a human being? Because quite frankly, and we're going to talk about this in the next hour, because, friends, I, I have to tell you that uh, there is a rise now, and we must, uh, let, me, let me baptize my throat here with a little water. Um, when we think about the type of citizen that is coming out of our universities, then, uh, friends, we need to take close inventory of what they're bringing with them, if anything, to the table. Because, unfortunately... You have young people who truly believe, and I can't remember who told me this on the show or was I on somebody else's show. I can't remember uh, what this was, but young people think that their lives should be very much like that in, in the movies. That's how programmed they have become. If their lives don't resemble the movies, and for some reason they're not popular on um, Facebook or whatever, then huh, they um, they just they they just feel as though uh, they're lost. 
if their life does not, and, and that's why a lot of these kids, and I, I've had a chance to counsel with several, being a pastoral counselor during the this epidemic of teen suicide that was so big just a lot, two years ago, about two years ago, teen suicide was epidemic. Why? I'm going to talk to us about that. We want to talk about that because we are actually coming into a season now where that is going to happen again. I'm predicting. I trust, I, I pray not, but the same type of season is coming upon us, I sense. Question about these folks who are rioting in the streets. How do you do that for 60 days straight? Is that your job? Is that what somebody's paying you to do? How do you do that 60 days straight and stay fat and healthy and wear the shoes? Have you looked at the shoes on their feet? Yeah, a lot of them have Air Force Ones and, you know. And these are white people along with whoever else. How do you do this? Friends, there is a design there. There is an onslaught taking shape and taking place. Be very aware, beware of what is going on here. It is very possible, and I have a feeling that is quite easy to find ourselves bamboozled, hoodwinked, and swindled by those who I feel are politically motivated to see all of us in the throes of hysteria. We'll be back. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. 
the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And I want to uh, say to all of our friends up there in New York City, if you are traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and every hour, 24 hours a day, on the Red State Talk billboard there, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there in Times Square. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. Hey, it is a great day in the USA because of people like you. And so, hey, we got to stay in the fight. And I do believe, uh, particularly now that we're seeing such a changing of uh, the guard uh, that is going on naturally and on with me is one of my fellow um uh, black voices for trump um colleagues corinne rankin who i absolutely admire her work and her life story and um as you all know now we have lost our friend and mentor and one of the um, architects of modern fiscal conservatism, particularly among black conservatives, Herman Cain. And uh, we were with him, Corinne, and myself, um, Deneen Borelli, Stacy Washington. We were all featured prominently there with him uh, when the president and Corinne, um, I want to welcome you now back to the C.L. Bryan show. How are you, my good friend? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm just, you know, really sad today. It's kind of heartbreaking to hear about our friend Trump. You know, Corinne, let me ask you this um, about the way forward, because we are going to have to move forward. Um, what type of groundwork has a Herman Cain laid for us we were just with him here almost uh you know a little little over a month and a half ago now we were just with him and he was there to help us reopen the country but what type of, of of message has herman left behind for us well you know, herman was a trailblazer for you know black republicans like myself you know what he, he made a run for president and just knowing him, you know, I, I'm so fortunate that I was able to spend, you know, quite a bit of time with Herman Cain, just getting to know him, pick his brain and just see what kind of person he was. And he really was the kind of person who just, who thought about other people before himself um, he really believed in what he was doing. Um, he, you know, took time out of his life, as we all did, to assist the president and encourage, you know, our country to reopen and show that we can do that in a safe way. Um, yeah, I think Herman's legacy, at, uh, you know, it, it, it's that of an inspiration. It's that of a trailblazer. You know, I don't think that he would you know, want anything to stop, you know, because he's not here to continue on with us. I think that he would want us all to 
you know, up our up our game and, you know, just keep pushing even harder. Well said, Corinne. Corinne Rankin is my guest here today. Corinne's a shaker and mover out there in uh, California, in the land, I tell you, where I really admire her courage uh, taking on uh, that crowd out there. Corinne, you are a business lady. I want you to tell the audience a little bit about, uh, share with them a little bit about your background. Uh, you come from a, uh, a family who has known about bail bonds and that type of thing. Herman was a businessman. And one of the things that uh, I loved sitting down and, like you, picking his brains about was the intricacies of successful business. And uh, Herman knew these things. And as you know, uh, that is one of the treasures that we, we, were, we were blessed to be around, someone who understood how to mentor some, a, a young person into being prosperous. Is it incumbent upon us, Corinne Rankin, uh, to share the, 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 the bounties of what this prosperous businessman uh, shared with us? Talk to us about it. I I believe so. I'm like I said. I'm I feel so I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed that I was able to spend time with him. I know he was the uh, one of the co-chairs for the Black Voices for Trump, and I was able to sit in. You know, pre prior to COVID, I was able to sit in. You know, physically into meetings uh, that he presided over as co-chair, and he would do certain things and ask certain questions and get people motivated in certain ways. And I was sitting next to him and I just remember after he would do that, he would turn to me and say, I did this because of this reason. I said this because of that. This is why, like it was, I almost felt like, oh, I'm getting, you know, private lessons on how to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Be a leader from yeah. Herman Cain. And I just, I was in awe. I will forever no. Yeah, I forever have that experience. That, that's exactly, folks. What she has just said to you is exactly the way he did it. He mentored mm -hmm. you that way. He, he would he, he would he would do something like that. You'd be sitting next to him, and he would actually you wouldn't have to ask him. He would turn to you, and he would pour into you why he did what he did in the way that he did it. And 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 my God, uh, folks. And you know what, Karen? It's strange. I've seen this happen with some of my relatives, particularly my past, my father and my uncles. But you know what? A lot of times, folks, you don't appreciate what these type people have done for you until they're gone. That's one of the saddest things about it. And uh, But, Corinne, I think you and I had a good chance to tell him uh, the night, the last night that we were with him uh, there, how grateful we were for his life uh, there when we were all uh, having dinner together. And... Um, uh, I thank you. Tell us about yourself, Corinne Rankin. Tell the audience about who you are. Well, I, um, I'm a, a business owner, so I, I'm a small business owner. My family grew up in a family um, of bail bondsmen, so my father owned a bail bond business. So I owned one for 15 years, so we were very involved in criminal justice and you know, ensuring that people makes their court dates and that, you know, they're held accountable to the judge's directions. Um, so I, I come to the table with that background. I also, with that, I bring to the table uh, what it's like to have uh, the government or the Democrat Party, if you will, to be precise, uh, come after you, come after your business. 
and just completely, you know, destroy a whole industry. Um, I, you know, like the coal miners with uh, the Democrats came after them. I, I share that, you know, here in California now we have Gavin Newsom who, you know, doesn't like nail salons, doesn't like barbers and beauticians and, you know, it's devastating. It's, 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 wow. it's probably one of the most, you know, traumatic things that I've gone through in my life. And so I, I, I bring that to the table. I have a deep understanding of what that's like when the government says, hey, your business no longer exists. Wow. Wow. And folks, it can happen to you. Corinne, I had mentioned to you, and I'm as soon as we get get the green light to do it, I uh, and I'm putting it out here on the record, Corinne. I mean, I'm just not whistling, okay. di- whistling Dixie, <laughs> but I had told you uh, that I have this project that we're going to do in Africa over Nigeria uh, that uh, I want you to join me on, and uh, uh, you'll, you'll really like it. But right now... Who knows what the world is going to be like in, uh, uh, you know, three, four months from now. Who knows? But listen, I want to thank you for coming on, sharing memories and glimpses of our friend, our mentor, uh, Mr. Herman Cain, 999. Yes, EL, that's the way we should go is 999. I remember his voice so clearly. We all do. But God bless you and God keep you. I'll be calling you real soon. And you take good care of yourself. Thank you so much for coming on with me. Thank you for having me, C.L. Talk to you soon. I'm C.L., and this is the C.L. Bryant Show. That was my friend, Corinne Rankin, on with me. And we were commemorating uh, the life of our mentor and friend, Herman Cain. And what uh, Corinne shared with you was something that I, I, I really want to reiterate, because this is the way the older generation used to do us all the time. And we used to listen. Are you hearing me? We used to listen to our elders because they would hand down to you a method of teaching that they were taught. And it worked. It worked. I, my goodness. Uh, in fact, I'm going to tweet out uh, and, and show you a, uh, a picture. Herman and myself were in a tent out in a field in Missouri, uh, right outside of uh, somewhere in Podunk, Missouri. It was Podunk Town, Missouri. We were in a pasture. Had a big gathering there. Herman uh, and I were headliners on that um, uh, show, uh, that um, gathering, that event. And the green room was this, it was a nice, it was a nice tent. It was a big, big, nice tent. And they had tables set up in there, and Herman and I were sitting there at the table. I was sitting next to him, and uh, there were uh, others gathered around. And you will see in this photo exactly what Corinne and I were talking about. Herman is holding court. Now, this is several years ago. This has been, um, oh, six, seven years ago, five, six years ago. But Herman was holding court. And this is not the first, this was not the first time that I had been able to uh, be in his presence when he was holding court. And friends, he would share himself by asking questions. 
Oh, he was masterful at it. He would share and then he would ask a question. And then if you were fortunate enough to be close to him and the, the, the guy was answering, he was talking, Herman would whisper to you, I ask, I ask this question in order to get this response. I, I phrase it. He would teach you how to approach it. And that's what's missing so much among us, in us, in our teaching, in our passing on the baton is the fact that you don't have many who are willing to share, first of all, with the younger generation. And then you don't have many who are willing to listen in the younger generation. So I uh, thank Corinne uh, for coming in and sharing that uh, portion with us because it is, it is so true. It is so true how he poured into you. He poured into you. And it was great. I was so grateful to have known him. So grateful to have known him. Rest in peace. Herman came. Well, um, shifting gears, life goes on. I think that <laughs> even though Herman detested this type of stuff, uh, it was it, that is. I, if I have a favorite rap song, that is probably it. Life goes on. Tupac secure. And it's strange to have mentioned these four individuals, and and let me let me show you how closely all of this is interconnected. I have mentioned on this show today men who are very different but very much in so many ways alike. Very different very much alike in so many ways. John Lewis civil rights icon, iconic. Elijah Cummings, Democrat firebrand in every sense of the word. Herman Cain, the modern architect of fiscal conservatism in this country, one of the modern architects of fiscal conservatism in this country. 999. CL, that's the way to go. That's the way we should go. 999. I miss him already. And Tupac Secure. Shakur. 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 You would say, CL, you must be out of your mind throwing. Uh, no, 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 no. The young man uh, should never have been 
talk about wasted talent. I mean, you got out there. He got out there. We talk about a wasted talent. He should have never tried to thug it out. He wasn't a thug. He was a poet. He was someone who I was hoping to get a chance to have a shot at talking to. Uh, yeah. But um, but no. No, wasn't to be. Everyone, my point is, has an obligation to be your best self. In their in their way, John Lewis, Elijah Cummins, Herman Cain, let their light shine in their arenas. And the influences that they have and had on uh, all of us is, it, it will always be. But we cannot allow these so-called protesters who are rioters. Any, any, any decent individual now has withdrawn themselves from uh, being associated with anything that might be going on in Portland, Oregon, uh, or, or any other place like uh, Detroit or Baltimore or Cleveland. No decent person now should be on those streets because it has now gotten ill-defined. I'm C.L. I'll be back with more of the C.L. Bryant show. Don't go anywhere. Got a lot to unpack. Still. Rest in peace, Herman Cain. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. While the human 
trials are beginning with this vaccine. Word has come that the first dog to test positive for coronavirus in the U.S. has died. Oh. Now, as most of you know, I am a knuckle-dragging Neanderthal, and I, that's the way I lived, and if it kills me, that's the way I'll go out. <laughs> so, we trust, we, we now, do we test the, do we test the dogs now? I mean, I mean, do, do, where do we go with this? Does the, do the dogs, I mean, I, I, I can just see it happening. I, I can see the paranoia mounting that you're, you're going to see dogs, cats, animals with mask on are you hearing me I, I can see it now friends this has <laughs> we've got to rein this in we've got to rein this in and the good news is um the immunity, the vaccine. Now, this, this is, this is. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. This may or may not be the case. I don't know, but AstraZeneca, the CEO, by the way, AstraZeneca's CEO, is putting out there that uh, the vaccine immunity may only last twelve months. Oh, oh my goodness! You know what we have here. Well, you know what they have here? They have a cash cow. They have a cash cow. If they turn it into that, somebody's got to pay for it. Uh, somebody's got to pay for it. AstraZeneca is telling us that uh, the vaccine immunity may only last 12 months, which means you got to re-up every year. Whoever provides it has to re-up every year. Sounds to me like they have a cash cow. Yeah. My friend as well, uh, Louis Gomert, has tested positive for coronavirus. Louis, don't do the ventilator. That's my advice. Take the hydrochloroquine. That's my advice. Zinc is something that I, I have in my, I've had in my body. I take, I've taken it religiously. And you know what? I, it may very well be the reason why I'm, you know, able to fight stuff off. So because, you know, I, I take these supplements. I take zinc daily. And um, 
I, you know, iodine and also um, the um, building blocks of, um, you know, like L-arginine and um, L-citrulline. Those are, you know, the building blocks of the thing that the things that I can't recall the name of it right now that's in your blood that ox, that oxygenates uh, oxide ox, oxidation in your body uh, ox oxide in your body which keeps you healthy and I, I a lot of things we we don't get because first of all we don't get out and get in the dirt and sweat like we should in the sunshine keeping in mind that the first cure that they actually had for this and that they actually shown for this was that of um, being out in the sun. The sunshine destroys this in no time, 10, 15 minutes. We just don't get enough of it. We don't get enough sunshine. We don't get enough of it. And um, so that is on you. It's on us. My friends, um, I want you to consider this. Now that the first dog they're riding uh, has died of coronavirus, and of course, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where it is. I haven't. Uh, I'm going to find that out. I'll give you the story. Find that out where the heck that is. I don't really know where that is. But um, how do they know this dog? <laughs> I, and 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 the numbers as far as folks who die from coronavirus. You know how. I don't know. I, it all just seems so suspect to me. I know it's real. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a, a coronavirus denier or, or a, a, a serious, but something, friends, something is not quite right here. Don't you get it? Something is not quite right here. Not sure what it is. But I know that it is something that's not quite right here when it comes to this thing that we're all facing. Something is not right. We may not know until whatever the agenda is has been complete and then we're all in a bad position but I am saying to you, and, and I'm not going to stop saying to you, something is not quite right here. What it is, I don't know. But I think, America, it's time for us to at least give the, the, the sniff test. Because there's a rat around. There's a rat somewhere. Something I'm telling you.
with this corona virus and the way it's being used i am not denying that it is not anything that is 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 deadly to those who are susceptible to it i am not denying that whatsoever obviously it is true but something my friends is not quite right. Not sure what it is. Haven't identified it yet. I got my suspicions, but I'm not ready to share them lest I appear to be raving lunatic. Oh, I've shared them privately and <laughs> Yeah, almost, almost uh, a group think type of thing. Shame on me. Whereas my got my, I'm checking my circle. But I'm going to share this with you next week. First thing next week when I come back on. Yeah, and be sure to tune in daily, VCL Brian Show. But I'm going to share with you my suspicion. My suspicion on this coronavirus takedown that will leave you either knowing I'm losing it or agreeing that I'm right. Hey, friends, if ever there was a time for men and women of courage to step forward. It is now. We don't know who's playing a game with us. And as far as politicians are concerned, um, in the black community, when I was growing up, there was a term used towards someone who was disingenuous. Someone who was, you know, kind of BSing you. And that term was they're fronting. They're fronting off. They're fronting you. They're trying to front you. They're presenting themselves in a way that they're really not. You're being fronted. Uh, the Speaker of the House, of course, is mandated mask in the House, which may not be a bad idea. Um, and, of course, Louis Gomert's testing positive for the coronavirus actually renews fears in the nation's capital. Which means that um, any ideas of... You see, you see the, 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 the good, the bad, the ugly of all, all of it is that Herman's death, Louis contracting it, 
the founder of Turning Point um, USA um, has passed away as well with this uh, Turning Point USA co-founder dies of COVID-19 at age 80. He's 80 years old. He's 80, 80 years old. So the weak and infirmed are falling by the wayside. But with Louis testing positive it, it, uh, and, and having been in the nation's capital, and he was actually at the hearing with Bill Barr um, a few days ago. It's going to slow down our progress and our desire to get back at it. Because of the overabundance, I think, of caution. And, and, you know, I know there's people saying, you can't can't be too cautious with your life. Yeah, but you can be too cautious with uh, something that most likely will not affect you. Like, it's it's like driving on the freeway or a one-lane highway. Yeah, you could have a head-on collision at any moment. A two-lane highway, rather. Two-lane highway. You can, ha- you can have a head-on collision at any moment, but the chances of that happening are... And you, you, you can't become agoraphobic and not go out because of what might happen. That's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, if you're a healthy individual, you can't become agoraphobic because of what might happen. That's like saying I'm never going to go. I'm not going to drive down any two-lane highways because what might happen? I mean, anything can happen. The porch on your house can collapse on you. That's what might happen. <laughs> but I'm not going to live my life in fear of it. And and that's just about the chances of a healthy individual dying or even coming down with COVID. If you came down with it and you're a healthy individual, it's not going to kill you. Most of us most likely have had it anyway. And if, if you are walking around not, re- not realizing that you have an underlying health condition, right now would be a great time to visit a good doctor. And get a checkup. Get yourself tested. As a, I've been tested. I'm healthy. I feel great. Love the Lord. I give him all the credit and praise for keeping me healthy and feeling great. So if you are worried, go get yourself checked out. Go. Do it. Yeah. Hey, one of my um, relatives had tested positive. I mean, not had tested positive, but had um, 
uh, not test positive, but have been tested. And because of symptoms that she was having, and, you know, I think one of the symptoms is sore throat or, um, I don't know, stuffy headache or stuffy nose or something like that. I don't know. No, it was just, um, this was a couple of months back. It's just um, allergies, spring allergies. Remember, this happened right during the blossoming of spring. Summer is only a month old. And so a lot of people who were sneezing and headachy and runny nosy and scratchy throats who were thinking they had corona virus, they had symptoms of allergies. And of course they didn't die. Not to say that you take it lightly. But I'm just saying there has been a lot of things attributed to this that was not this. The hysteria goes on. The beat goes on. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Um, Again, um, my prayers, thoughts go out to uh, the Kane family, my good friend Herman Kane has gone on to be with the Lord. Um, it was so Herman, I started not to even do a show today, man. I was just so um, messed up over that. But rest in peace. God bless you and your family, and Godspeed to the throne of grace. Yeah. I'm CL, and. Um, we're going to return in just uh, a few minutes talking about the path forward for us now that the torch has been passed to yet another generation. Rest in peace, Herman Kane. I'm C.L. This is C.L. Bryant Show. I'll be back in just a minute to wrap it up. Worth saving, so you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth leaving, so you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for 
Cell back with you, home stretch of the C.L. Bryant show today. And um, I am, of course, uh, reminiscing and indeed mourning uh, the loss of friend, mentor, colleague, Herman Cain, who has gone on to be with the Lord after uh, having uh, had it tested positive for coronavirus. Um, when we think about um, his life and his legacy as a businessman, as a Christian, as a friend, he was put upon, set upon by so many who misunderstood him in the black community. Oh yeah, comedians. Um, there, there are some prominent comedians that you. I was looking at a Netflix um, comedian uh, the other day, and um, and Herman knows has heard this, of course, and everyone had uh, the comedian was talking about um, that Uncle Tom, you know, Herman Cain, all the rest of us with him. Yeah, those are people who never knew. Herman, and if you would ask, they probably would not want to know. And they are the poor, more destitute, because they did not want to know. How could you not? When something was so different from what you had been heard and told all your life, how could you not want to hear a Herman Cain? or a Thomas Soul, a Ken Blackwell, a Walter Williams, a Kenneth Hamlin, or even a C.L. Bryant. How could you not want to hear them? Because they were different than what you were hearing, and even if you did not embrace it, it was at least exposure to something different. So friends, um, my question is to black people in particular who had vilified and castigated and, and, and belittled Herman and, 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 and even us his, who were his disciples for being different. My question is, how is it possible then that the church, the black church, so it is called, there is no such thing. There, there is a, a culture in church that we have brought to Christianity that's uniquely ours as black people. But there is no black church. There is a culture in Christendom that we as black people, particularly here in America, have brought to the church. But there is no black church. There is the church. And it teaches the same principles. Oh yes, there are people who interpret them different, but it says what it says. 
And it says that life is precious, given to us as a gift from God. And that we are to have domain. You can't have domain. And you can't even let that unborn have what it has been designated to have if it's killed. We were said to be given domain. Dominion. And it can't, a human being who is ushered into this realm of existence cannot ever have the gift that God has waiting for it if the people who are already here takes its life. Because of convenience. Herman was against that. But he was vilified and ostracized because so many who were formerly colleagues. And remember what I told you. You go back 60 years when Herman was 14, 60 years when Elijah Cummings was in his 20s, and 60 years when John Lewis was in his 20s. If you go back 60 years, there would not be an, uh, 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 you could not slide a, a slither of, paper between their political ideologies something changed something changed and I tell you what changed this was whether or not you wanted to embrace an ideology of being someone's mascot and going along to get along with the group if you want it if that's what you wanted then you were going to stay with that democrat party if you were black in particular because you felt that you were owed something me I've never felt I mean, even though I was president of the NAACP two terms in Garland, Texas, and I was upholding the liberal mantle at the time. I certainly was. But when I was asked to speak at a pro-choice rally, my principles kicked in. My core values kicked in. And I was not going to be used as a tool to tell people to kill their babies. For what? do what's necessary to prevent having that child or adopt that child out or give him like we used to do to ain't, ain't Sue or ain't, ain't, you know, ain't Rachel or whatever. Shit. They go raise the child, but we didn't kill the baby. You remember the days back in the days when one of our, one of our girls would get in trouble, all of a sudden she's gone to visit with Aunt Sally up north and we all knew what that meant. And all of a sudden, she comes back a little bit later, nine months to a year later, she comes back, and news comes that Aunt Sally has a child. And life goes on, my brother. <laughs> life went on. But we didn't kill the baby. We didn't kill it. There was a time when Herman Cain, Elijah Cummings, 
and John Lewis all would agree on that premise. But black folks, you get mad at me for being of different mind than you politically. I get angry at you for being a different mind spiritually. Oh, yeah. Because you you don't vote your spirituality when you go to the polls on Tuesdays to vote. You don't vote your spirituality. Oh, no, no Christian. And black folks love Jesus. Black folks love the Lord. But I get upset with you just as you get upset with me for being politically different than you. I get upset with you for saying you are, you know, you see, you get mad at me for being black and voting different. I get mad at you for being black and Christian and voting different than you say you are. I vote the way I say I am. And any black man, even according to Malcolm X, should not be voting for the Democrats. Malcolm would have said that you was a chump. Brother Malcolm <laughs> would have said you were a chump for voting for the Democrats, the ones who raped and pillaged you. Somehow they've gotten you convinced that they're the best thing since sliced bread and they are making hay. They are making hay with the deaths of John Lewis and they are going to certainly attempt to make hay to make hay with the Corona 19 the COVID-19 death of Herman Cain. God bless you is um, my prayer, but be on the lookout for it. Things are not falling apart. They're falling together. Yeah, that's what's happening. Things are falling together. They're falling in place. Not apart, but they're falling in place. I will get um, uh, a knowledge of time and date of Herman Cain's um, memorial and funeral. And uh, if it is possible, I do right now plan to plan to be there um, with his family just to show and to uh, make certain that my final measure of respect for this great man is shown from one of his mentees one of his admirers 
colleagues and proud to be called a friend. He was in my film, Runaway Slave. And he said these words, CL, what we have here is the new plantation. The Democrat Party is the new plantation. That was Herman Cain's message to black America, and I'm glad that we immortalized that in film. We immortalized it. We captured it. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL. And my heartfelt desire is that God would come and heal our land. And that he would teach our fingers to fight and our hands to war against the enemies of this republic. May he truly bless you. I'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.